You're listening to an all-new episode of Self-Made Strategies. Visit selfmadestrategies.com for new episodes, information about our guests, and a whole lot more. Our guest on this episode is the co-founder and CEO of Salesflare, an intelligent CRM built for small and medium-sized businesses selling B2B. Salesflare is mostly popular with agencies and fast-growing startup companies. Salesflare itself was founded when Yarun and his co-founder Levin wanted to follow up the leads for their software company in an easier way. They didn't like to keep track of their leads manually, so they built Salesflare, which pulls customer data together automatically and then actively helps you to follow up. It's now the most popular CRM on Product Hunt and top rated on review platforms like G2 for its ease of use and automation features. Here are the self-made strategies of Jeroen Kordhout. Jeroen, how's it going? I'm doing fine. How are you? Great, great. Thanks for joining us. You're joining us from Belgium. What part of Belgium do you live in? Uh, I live in Antwerp, but currently I'm, uh, I'm at the seaside. Uh, so really excited to get to know you, to talk a little bit about Salesflare. For those of you who are listening, you can certainly check out this episode on YouTube as well. So Jeroen, take us back to 2014 when you and Levin co-founded this company. You were running a different software business. What was that business and what were some of the pain points that led to Salesflare? Yeah, I joined uh, Levin and his co-founder in that company at the time uh, in Explo Plus. It was a business intelligence software in a whole other world. Uh, we were selling uh, to large companies. We were selling this software that was compatible with, uh, with the business intelligence software called Cognos from IBM. Uh, that software had a lot of uh, issues, well, things it didn't do, and we sold software that did these things. Um, and we actually, we went to a, a big conference in Vegas um, around now seven, seven years ago. Uh, so end of 2013. And uh, we got a lot of leads there. It was a big IBM conference. A lot of people were interested in our software. And we were very enthusiastic. And we came back and we were like, okay, we're going to close a lot of deals now. Um, now, the thing is with uh, business intelligence people is that the sales cycles are really long. So it, it takes you a lot of time to, to actually close deals. Plus, they're not very communicative. Um, so there, it, you don't get a whole lot back. Um, so we, we needed to be very, uh, conscious about sales follow-up even more than, than you would normally have in other businesses, uh, and, and try to track as much as possible, uh, to make sure that we would actually uh, get all these leads that we had and pull them through the pipeline and close a maximum amount of deals. It's a classic problem that every, uh, company faces, but for us, it was, it was a big one. Uh, this combined with my uh, own experience with using systems like Salesforce uh, to organize that, I knew that that didn't really help much uh, with organizing this. Uh, it's very uh, sort of input intensive. Um, and the system, uh, talking about Salesforce at least, is very clunky, it's slow, it doesn't help. It's not built for organizing yourself. It's really built for management reporting and organizing workflows in big companies. Uh, now, there were some more modern CRMs on the market that we tried, uh, but still, these also failed for us. And that was not because they were not better pieces of software. 
it was uh, just because we couldn't manage filling them out. So the, the filling them out was a lot of work plus uh, energy, uh, time, energy, but also it requires discipline. And if at any point your discipline fails, uh, then the data is not there or it's not good, it's not up to date, whatever. And the system starts failing. Uh, and we noticed that whatever system we used, we always bumped on that same issue, uh, which made that always well, detrimental to our sales follow-up because we didn't know where we were and what we last discussed and all this kind of stuff, which is just uh, very embarrassing. Um, and then we figured that actually all of the things that we were inputting in these systems, we start wondering why are we actually inputting these things? Because actually it's the data that we're like putting in the system here is actually already in another system. And it felt very disconnected, like, like you were emailing and then you would go to the CRM separately. You were uh, booking a meeting or having a meeting, going to the CRM after that. Uh, you were calling and going to the CRM after that. It's like you were, you were working in, in two different worlds. Uh, and, and duplicating information from the one world into the other world. And then we had the crazy idea of what if the CRM would actually be connected with all these things? Uh, it would surface all that data. It would organize all that data for you. It would keep track of stuff. Um, and it would not only uh, like see who you email with, uh, who these people are, what their name is, their email address, their phone number, because all these things are in email signatures and the headers of emails, you know, uh, how, how often you're, you're emailing. It would also see whether these people open the emails, click on them, whether you have meetings with them as well, whether you call them, because that data is also, it's in your phone. Uh, you know, we, we saw the system that would keep track of all these things for you and then sort of offer it to you. So you didn't have to uh, fill it out anymore. It would sort of start acting as your second brain. Um, and also the very early versions of Salesflare, like our, our, our very first version was purely an, an email plugin. Like within Gmail, you had Salesflare or within Outlook, you had Salesflare because we believed, you know, you're working already from your emails. Why would you log in separately to another system? At some point we made a, a like a, a separate interface as well because people were like uh but other crm systems have this like uh, full screen thing uh, why don't you guys have it we, we started getting these kind of questions um but uh, the very initial idea was like the more integrated it is into your workflow into the systems you're already using and the more automated it is the the higher the chance that salespeople are actually going to use it that is actually going to be useful for your sales follow-up um, and that's the, the basis and the mission on which, which Salesforce was built and, and, and the one we still keep developing. Uh, nowadays, it's more into, as all these things are automated and it's all integrated to your workflow and all, uh, how can we add more and more automation on top of that data? That's, that's more where, what we work on today. But what we've been working on over the past few years was very much on making sure that CRM systems actually work. The CRM world is a very, very competitive space. You mentioned a few CRMs yourself. Obviously, Salesforce is one of the, the big ones that's fairly well known. How do you wedge yourself into that market as a startup and build and add value and stay competitive ahead of those big companies in that space? To understand, well, first of all, there's uh, a lot of CRMs. 
there's like more than 600 out there. Uh, but that's not really the biggest issue. Uh, the biggest issue is that uh, there are some of those in there that have an enormous amount of money and an enormous amount of employees, huge teams, huge resources. Um, and they can basically uh, capture much of the, of the traffic when it comes to people looking for CRM systems. That's the, that's the core issue. Uh, now, uh, how do we deal with that as a, a small company that doesn't have all these resources and budgets and all that? It's uh, focusing on things that are um, less easy uh, to scale if you have a bunch of money. Um, so we focus very much, uh, first of all, on, on being very close to our customers. Uh, we can treat customers as more like friends than like numbers because we, uh, we're, we're still very close uh, to the business, whereas that's very difficult to do in a, in, a, in a large company where you have to scale and always hire new support people and you know all this rotation and things become very disconnected. So that connectedness to our customers is something that we focus on very much. Um, we do that also on the levels of, um, for instance, creating value outside our software. Uh, so it's inside our software. We, we focus on that very much uh, on this, on this connectedness to customers, but also outside the software. We are not going to, uh, for instance, create um, an enormous amount of uh, content. We're going to focus more on creating really great content, which is also something that is very difficult to scale for larger companies. And believe it or not, uh, Google finds it extremely important uh, if your content is good because the content will be more engaging, it, people will read it longer, people are less likely to go back to the search results, all this kind of stuff. So it, 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 it actually does work as a strategy. Um, and yeah, I think that, that you could summarize those as the, as the, as the main points which makes that we um, get most of our customers, one, from word of mouth. Um, secondly, from um, uh, Google search and, and, and review sites. And third, from more Google search related to content marketing. Uh, so that, that then becomes our main drivers, whereas things like um, ads, uh, we do spend a bit of money on ads, but it's, it's certainly not one of our major channels. Very, very cool. I like how you talked a little bit about your SEO strategy and you didn't really talk about the typical things that you hear from people, right? You talked more so about bounce rate to, to some degree, but also about just creating valuable content that the people who are searching for CRM software in your case are actually interested in reading, right? Providing value. So that's your competitive advantage really against the bigger organizations. And you're also very competitively priced. I mean, at $30 per month uh, US or 30 euros per month if you're in Europe, uh, that's very competitively priced for CRM software that's integrated and facilitates the use of what you're already working in, right? Some of the platforms that you're already working in. So what are some of the best practices that you sought to work into your software from a prospecting and sales cycle standpoint. You talked about how the sales cycle, especially B2B, is typically very slow, and that actually requires more oversight, right? And more commitment to engagement and maintaining points of contact with your prospects. 
So what are some of those things that you you thought about that led to the software creation itself? Well, yeah, uh, I mean, to, to, if, if you think about the, the main issue uh, beyond the fact that uh, CRMs are, are, are mostly not used or not, not properly used, uh, what you're trying to achieve is um, creating personal relationships at scale and, and, and having uh, a lot of sales processes running at once. Uh, you could say so a salesperson is is inherently someone who juggles a lot of customers at once and and tries to keep juggling <laughs> and I, I have never thought about it like that but you you juggle and and no single ball can fall to the floor and and if they start falling out so it's becoming a mess uh, and it's also very embarrassing um, so it's not something you can do based on memory um, so what you need to do is create for yourself a system so that you cannot forget anything. Um, and part of that is uh, not forgetting anything when it comes to uh, what are their details. That's obviously the, 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 the first thing that people think about when they think about a CRM. It's like it's an address book. That's sure. Um, now, over the, the past years, um, CRMs have more and more become become um, systems that also keep track of communication, which is one of the uh, in, in, uh, like initial thoughts people had about CRM, like uh, all your touch points sort of mapped there. That wasn't the case at all when we started. Uh, nowadays, more and more CRMs are going that direction. Uh, we provide some more automation there. But um, then when you have that, that's not enough. You need to, within the, the, the sort of set of people you're um, you're talking to, you need to know which ones you need to talk to now. So that's uh, the next thing. So you need to do. You need to know. Uh, first of all, uh, when is it time uh, to follow up with the, with with someone? When are you uh, forgetting to uh, follow up with someone? Uh, that's what uh, tasks do. Uh, so in our system, you can make tasks, and Salesforce suggests tasks. Salesforce says, "Okay, it's been that many days that you've contacted that company, and it's in that stage in your pipeline. I think it makes sense to follow up now." Um, then there's um, notifications is another way of looking at it. Uh, so what is happening now? Uh, who is now on your site? Is now opening your emails, clicking on them? It's maybe good to engage with them now. So get that update. Uh, and then another way of looking at it is um, what people are, 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 are lately becoming used to in CRM systems is that pipeline overview. Uh, so you look a higher level to, at your pipeline with all the sales opportunities that you have. And you're looking like, okay, what's where and um, which ones should I move? Um, now, which one should I work on to move them to the next step in the sales process? Uh, and it's when these things come together and you work with these things systematically in a CRM system that you can actually start juggling all these customers, all these relationships that you don't want to disappoint, all these sales deals that you don't want to drop because it's all lost, lost revenue when you do. Um, that's that's when you're when you're successful. 
Yeah, that's a great point. And a lot of what you're talking about is touch points, right? And I, I forget what the article was, but recently I read an article that talked about how in the typical sales cycle on average across almost all industries, right, you need roughly eight points of contact with a prospect and I hate to keep using this this language in referring to human relationships, right? But it, it's using a term of art that's used because it, it it's meaningful. So when you when you're looking at prospecting for your business as part of your sales cycle, your pipeline, whatever term you want to use, you typically need eight touch points, eight points of contact with that individual before they'll trust you enough to engage with you. And when you're using a CRM, to your point, that's a lot of balls to keep in the air if you're juggling, which was a great analogy. Um, so you talked a little bit about CRMs not being properly used for maintaining those points of contact, those touch points, right? What would be your top three best practices for using a CRM to stay efficient? First, get one that uh, your sales team actually uses. Uh, what I see ho happening way too often is that um, a manager just picks something without really getting the buy-in from their team or figuring whether it's actually going to work for a sales follow-up. Um, what I would suggest to um, really figure out where it's going to work is one, um, actually use the system for a bit. Uh, don't just look at it and think, hmm, this might work. I'll just like use it. You, you will feel which ones work for you and which ones don't. Uh, plus, make sure that this is the case for your sales team as well. So engage everyone, uh, have them try it. Uh, and if people like it, go for it. If people don't like it, then keep on looking. Um, that's probably uh, the most important thing because from there, things start becoming easier. Um, the, the next tip I would probably give is um, make sure then that your team is on the same page about how to use the CRM. Uh, what you see very often is that um, um, sales teams come on a CRM and they, they haven't really thought collectively of how we're going to use it. And the basically you're, you're managing uh, next to managing customers, you're managing a bunch of data collectively. And if everybody is just doing stuff, then that doesn't end well. So it's good to think about, um, uh, for instance, things like how does our sales process look, map that together, uh, what the, are the, the essential data we need uh, about customers, uh, and then uh, set that up in the right way, create some custom fields and all that. You know, uh, Are there any uh, tools we need to have connected and how is that going to work? Um, when do you enter uh, a certain thing into the system uh, just to have a convention there? Uh, those are some, some essential things that you have to run through as a team so that you can uh, collaboratively, collaboratively uh, use it correctly. Um, and I think if you do these two things, you have already, um, you have already covered most of the common mistakes. Um, because then it's just about uh, using it consistently and making sure that it works as a system for you. That's the most important thing. Um, because if it doesn't help you uh, do your sales follow-up, then, then something is wrong. Great advice. Now, 
the meta thing about running a CRM software company and from coming from the software world to begin with is that you've been in sales, right? For both stages of, of your career here with your software company before and now with Salesflare, uh, you've been in sales, of course, the whole time. So if you don't mind, would you share with us what are some of the strategies that you use when you're on a sales call to get from the initial point of contact to closing the sale, for lack of a better term? First of all, um, in this podcast, I'm talking a lot on a, on a call with a customer. I will try to avoid it as much as possible uh, and at least as long as possible. So the beginning of the call is all about, so who are they? Who are they selling to? Oh, that's relevant to me. Um, um, what is exactly, uh, like wh what systems are they using? Because we plug into systems. Um, um, like what are the main issues they're having? What are they actually expecting from a CRM system? Uh, because there's all kinds of different functionalities. Like, are they looking to send emails from it as well? We have that, but then I, I need to focus on that later in my explanation. You know, all these kind of uh, things to really understand the situation well. Um, now, I've I've done these hundreds of times, if if, if I'm not over the, the thousand already or so. So um, it, it it starts coming naturally. But but it, the the main thing there is not jump into a demo because often customers are like, oh, I'd like to see a demo. And then, then you're like, okay, uh, but first it would be good to know this and that and that and that and that. And that. Um, that's uh, essential because otherwise you're, you're very easily uh, talking next to the point while the important thing is to uh, find solutions together. And if you don't understand the issues first or the context, then it's very hard to uh, get the solutions. Um, then a next very essential thing is uh, understanding your sales process very well, in the sense that a sales process is a series uh, of uh, uh, steps, and it's always very good to be very clear about what the steps are, um, to align this with the expectations of customers, or make it very clear to customers what the steps are. If if the expectations of customers are widely different and also make it very clear to yourself where you are, because essentially in every step of the process, your job is to get them to the next step. If you don't know what the next step is, or they don't know what the next step is, then that's very hard. Um, so that's, that's where such a, a sales pipeline comes in. That's basically a visual representation of where a deal or an opportunity is in the process. And then you see, okay, so currently, uh, I, for instance, I qualified the deal. Um, next step is to make a proposal for them. Well, that's, that's in, a, in a very standard sales process, obviously. It, it can be more specific than that. But having a, a very clear idea of how that all works, and both for yourself and for the customer, uh, is extremely important because you're essentially guiding them from the early stages of the sales process to buying from you to further than that, uh, referring you. Very interesting. So in that whole process, though, you're obviously working in a genuine form of communication with that 
potential client, right? And I heard you talking about how you avoid demos because that's a little bit too much, you know, looking under the hood and kicking the tires and getting right to this sort of cold uh, business relationship and conversation, right? Rather than trying to build a connection with that individual. And I think when you're looking for CRM software, you are looking for CRM software that provides sort of a natural flow to work in with that in a more genuine context than that cold, you know, enter the person's name and demographic information. And then, you know, 30 days from now, remind me to send them a salesy email because that kind of doesn't really flow correctly. It doesn't it doesn't mesh with human relationships, right? Yeah, well, I mean, nowadays, when our salespeople called in, when when the, the answers on the Internet are not good enough. If they wanted to see uh, the product in action, they could have started a trial or watched the video. Instead, they're talking to me. So what is it? They need advice. What am I, what am I going to give them advice? Then now I cannot give them advice without knowing the situation. So I mean, it's, it's, it's not very, very complicated. And it's true for many uh, things Be- before this and before Explore Plus, I, I used to sell a marketing uh, consultancy. Um, so there's just like, okay, so you have, I was, I was, that was in pharmaceutical. So it's like, okay, so what is it exactly? So the doctors and the doctors, they don't understand a certain thing. And why don't they understand it? Because of that. And then, you know, you start mapping these things. And then, and then it's only when you fully understand the issue that you can say to your customer, okay, that's very interesting. There's, I see some, some potential solutions here. I might need to think a bit about it more. Uh, come back to you with ways I can see this uh, being solved. Um, that's really, I mean, selling is not more complicated than that. It just requires a bit more, um, a bit more uh, empathy or thinking or whatever uh, than you sometimes might want to give it. Although, you know, I think if you don't want to give it that that amount of thinking or empathy, you're probably not in the right spot. Yeah, I agree. I think the old school, you know, uh, Alec Baldwin and Glengarry Glen Ross always be closing. Yeah. Those kinds of things have gone by the wayside, right? In the modern era that we're in, in the sales cycle in today's world, people are looking more so for human contact and genuine engagement than to just deal with somebody that operates like a machine, right? If individuals do want to try Salesflare, and by the way, you do offer a one month free trial, so certainly something to give a shot at least for 30 days or so to see if it does fit within your organization's sales cycle structure, what's the best way to reach out or to get into contact if they're looking for additional information or they have any questions? Yeah. Uh, to to find out more about our software, you can just head to our site, salesflare.com. Flare is F-L-A-R-E. Um, you can try the software indeed by just clicking a button at the top right. Uh, the trial actually starts off with seven days, but you get more days as you set up the software and it goes to, uh, I think, about 30 days if you're alone. But if you have colleagues, you can even get some days more because for every person connecting their a calendar and setting up the email sidebar every time it's uh, two days extra. Um, we um, 
have sort of gamified it, uh, as we call it, the, the trial, so that uh, people get better set up, because that's really essential, is that people go through all the different setup steps. Uh, the better they're set up, the more value they're going to get from the from the software, and the, 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 the more successful they're going to be, the longer they're going to stay with us, so it's a, it's a win-win. Um, uh, if you have questions, uh, there is a chat on the site and in the app uh, where you can ask questions uh, to the team. If you want to get in touch with me, uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, but please uh, do include a message, although otherwise I have no idea where you come from. And I have no way of distinguishing you from the tens of spammers I get every day on my I'm going to connect with you right now on LinkedIn so that we remember each other. But uh, it, we really Sounds appreciate good. your time, Yeroon. Thank you for being on the podcast. Yeroon, by the way, is spelled J-E-R-O-E-N. Cordhout is actually spelled C-O-R-H-O-U-T. So if people are looking yeah. to connect with Yeroon, make sure you get that spelling right. And make sure you tell him in the message that you heard him on the Self-Made Strategies podcast. Yeroon, thanks very much for your time. Uh, hope to see you soon when we can all fly over to Europe and finally hang out with each other again. Sounds good. We'll have some beers. Thanks very much.